Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Minutes with Mew podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Happy to have you back on board. BC, of course, we saw it on Saturday, coming off a tough 38-31 loss to Florida State. The Seminoles came up north and uh, uh, took a W back uh, along with their sod. Uh, from Chestnut Hill. So, a tough game there. I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. All right, we belong, We bring in Scott Mutrin. You know him as the BC sideline reporter for the Learfield IMG radio network on the BC Football Radio Telecast. And uh, first of all, Scott, just uh, your general thoughts. Obviously, I mentioned in the open, this is a tough one. This one stings. You're stuck at five wins now. You're back at five and five. Uh, 38-31 loss to Florida State. Yeah, and, and the, the stealing of the turf thing was, was a, a nice little touch, I thought, uh, considering it is artificial and not real grass. I get it if you want to take real grass, but the artificial <laughs> thing didn't really seem to make sense. But, hey, to each his own. Uh, and, you know, to Florida State's credit, they, they made more plays when it was necessary, especially on offense. And the things that have been troubling B.C. this year were very present in this game. Uh, inability to get pressure on the quarterback, uh, inability to cause turnovers, and, and trouble tackling in space. And those issues came in the biggest moments of the game. B.C. was down. They fought back after a sluggish start to the second half, tied the football game with a minute 40 left, and then just on – as Steve Dazio says, a simple slant route is taken for a touchdown. And, and it's it's frustrating because their guys look to be in position to make plays and they're just not finishing. And I'm, I'm sure they're frustrated with it as well, but uh, they're the same issues. Uh, offensively, when you score 31 points, you should expect to, to win those games, even in today's college football. And uh, BC's offense was able to, to do that. Uh, A.J. Dillon with a career-high 40 carries. Don't like to see that consistently, but you know David Bailey, I think, was a little bit injured, and but Dennis Crosell, I thought, had his best game, minus a, a late interception where he's probably trying to force the ball in the two-minute drill. He played very well. Uh, didn't quit. Played till the last whistle. Threw a couple touchdown passes. Uh, ran the ball with authority. Led the team, and I, I thought he looked very good back there. He showed uh, the ability to, to throw the football, and he has not been the issue for BC's losses uh, this year. You, you'll kind of want to put blame on some things and it's easy to blame the quarterback but his play uh you know minus the Clemson game which was kind of a universal um you know hiccup I think he's he's played well and he's really filled in for Anthony Brown quite adequately yeah no doubt about it he had a really good game uh 20 of 29 227 yards two TDs one interception uh, but you're right, he's throwing the ball really well, too. I'm impressed. It's am- amazing. This guy was seventh on the depth chart walk-on, and now, you know, coming in. What do you think? I guess what it's kind of – I feel like it's an interesting story. It's untapped a little bit of how this guy is playing well, the ACC level, and really thriving. Well, you know, he came, he came from a very 
solid high school program, obviously. Um, and uh, <laughs> you, yeah. As you would know, you're an alum from the same program, St. Ignatius. That is correct. Um, but he came from a great program with great coaching. And, you know, he, he was, was talented. He had a good uh, high school career. I followed him as I still follow, you know, my alma mater. And he's a battler. He is, you know, he's not 6'4". He, he doesn't run 4'5". And his arm's strong, but it's not, you know, it's not like Justin Herbert, if you want to compare it to today's college quarterback. So, but what he is, he's a, he's a gritty competitor. He's a tough leader. He's a, he's a better athlete than you think he is. You watch him run the football, and he, you know, he took some angles away from Florida State guys who aren't slow. And uh, and the thing that impressed me and has impressed me the last, you know, couple times when they've let him throw the football is his ability to throw the ball in between the hash marks. Uh, it's a really it's a tough throw to make because you have to be able to throw it with a little anticipation, with a little touch, and with a lot of velocity. And those throws are, mon- are they call them money throws because that's the di- those are difference makers. And if you can make those throws, you can be a successful quarterback. He's he's done that. He's hit a couple deep balls, and uh, you know I give him a lot of credit. He's a battler. He's a, he's a he's a leader. He uh, his teammates like him. You can see that he he stood in there and has taken some shots. He's delivered the ball and and either gotten rid of it to avoid sacks, which offensive linemen really respect that. And when you're in there battling and working hard, uh, your teammates feel and see that, and they, they push a little extra hard, uh, a little harder, because they want to do well for a guy that they see that is, is, is giving his, his all, and they want to keep and raise their game. And when you can do that, you raise the collective whole of the unit. And I thought you saw that uh, on display versus Florida State, because – there were, you know, contributions from everywhere. You saw Jake Burton with his, I think, career best game. Kobe White with two touchdowns. Uh, Ethan Williams, you know, freshman coming in and making some grabs. So you're seeing a bunch of different contributors on top of that, and that's a tribute to the quarterback and his ability to get the ball to guys and let them make plays. You think Anthony Brown is kind of like looking behind his back a little bit as we head maybe into spring and summer practice next year? I doubt it. I think what he's really focused on and getting healthy. I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, another tough knee injury, I think what he needs to focus on is just getting himself healthy and getting back in that frame of mind where he trusts his body again, which is tough after, you know, injuries like that. So I think he's really focused on, on getting healthy, as, as he should be. Uh, you know, he's going to be a great cheerleader and a great supporter of Dennis Grissel, and you've seen that so far. But he, he's got to focus on that first, and then once he takes care of his health, then, then worry about those other things as they come along. All right, so let's let's go back to the game. Thirty-eight, thirty-one, uh, BC up fourteen to three. Scott, let's go back to that kickoff with that fumble. Oh man, BC was on top of it. I forget who it was, but that should have been BC's ball inside the twenty-yard line. You you would hope they march in and go up twenty-one to three, but instead, uh, the twenty-one unanswered points by Florida State. They take the lead, and we kind of go from there. Just uh, let's just I guess talk about that play and. Just your thoughts as we hit the second half and uh, the defense and the tackling issues. Well, first off, the, you know, it was a cold day and the ball, when it's cold, the ball, especially those balls, are slick. And I think Paul Thibodeau, who was the guy coming down the kick return, the kick coverage team that had it, it just it squirted out of his hands, just like it squirted out of, in all fairness, the four-state kick return in his hands. He was having, looked like he had a uh, hot potato in his hands. It bounced out of his hands four times, so... You know, the biggest thing, and, and Pete, uh, Cronin, Meter, and I, we talked about this at the end of the game, and we you talk about it usually after each game. This is about five 
plays each game that are, that usually make the difference between winning and losing. And some of the plays are very evident, whether it's a, you know someone catching a wide open pass or dropping it or a fumble not recovered. But there's also little things that happen that uh, can go unnoticed, and and those factors and those plays end up being difference makers. And when you see, you know that not recovered and then you see a long touchdown pass then you see the momentum and things change and BC's had chances you know to win some games and it's just been off on a play here or a play there and where they needed to make that play they just haven't been able to whether it's on offense or defense and you know it's crazy if you really look at that you know the schedule and the score you look at Wake Forest as a one possession game if you can get a stop there you win you know, the Louisville game, if you can, you know, get a stop there, you can win that game. And then you talk about the Florida State game, whether it's, you know, get a stop and maybe go to overtime. And there's a possibility that you can, instead of be sitting at 5-5, five and five, you could be at 8-2 and two legitimately right now. And I, I think that it, it, it gets glossed over because, you know, you get the parcel thing where you are, which your record says you are. But it really goes to show you how those plays, factor in the difference between winning and losing in those little plays whether you know you make them or not is the difference between having a good season or potentially a great season and it's such a fine line in football that it's it's really really worth noting that you're just inches away from making these plays and being able to do that and if you could just find a way to get that done uh, you'd be looking at a different season right now. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's Chestnut Hill Technologies. Who would think the two big losses, as you mentioned, were Clemson, yes, and then Kansas at home. Of all the games, those are the two losses that you you chalk up. You know, they gave Texas their money's worth. Texas actually uh, blew the game. Uh, And they were lucky to win at them, too. So, uh, you know, Kansas has played better. They're not what they used to be. Kudos to Les Miles. But, yeah, I mean, really the two games that they weren't close in was that and the, the Clemson game. But, Every other game, it's a one-score game, and sometimes it's the last play of the game or some play late, and the difference you know, between winning and losing are just right there. And it's just – I can see how it would be frustrating as a coach. It's definitely frustrating as a player because, you know, it feels a lot better to be 8-2 and two than 5-5. Five and five. I know it sounds simplistic, but it really is. It's that, that difference, and you really you can dwell on some of those things sometimes because you're just like, wow. You know, this could have been a really, really special year if we could have just found a way to get it done. If you're head coach Steve Adazio, you're on a bye week now. What, what, what do you think they're focusing on as a staff, as a team? Um, obviously, Notre Dame looms in two weeks, but what do they just focus on this week? I guess. What's what do you think the team's at is, right now? This week is a totally get healthy week uh, with the guys that they got hurt in the Syracuse game, which there was a long list of guys that got hurt in that game. Uh, getting guys back healthy. You know, uh, you mentioned David Bailey went down this past week, which co- co- you know forced AJ Dillon to carry the ball a little more than probably Steve Dazio would like. Um, and you know, some of the tight ends, Hunter Long had been hurt. Some safeties in the back end. Maybe they can get Mike Palmer back, but uh, mostly it's going to be to get healthy. I imagine with you know, if 
we're here and we're not getting paid the big money to figure these answers out, and we know that the tackling's an issue. I imagine that's one of the things that Steve Adazio and the staff is going to be working on this week, you know. Yeah. And I think yep. that they're going to spend some time probably, you know, getting some guys healthy, uh, working on some of those fundamentals, and then getting ready to go play an Notre Dame team that has suffered some injuries as well uh, and probably had a, has had a disappointing uh, performance this season. I think they had some big expectations. They snuck by uh, Virginia Tech team. But, you know, if, if BC can figure some things out on defense, on uh, defense, I think their offense could pose some problems for Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to have to play a you know a tough Navy team this week, and they lost a defensive lineman that, that was a big-time player, I think a first-round draft pick, uh, who broke his leg against Duke. So if you know BC can go in there and an opportunity to get bowl eligible and to, to beat a, a rival that would make this alumnus the happiest guy in the world, uh, I think that's a that's a pretty special you know special way to. Uh, kind of finish these last two games and if you do that you beat uh you know you beat Pitt on the road then you're seven and five and you're you know you're in a, in a bowl situation hopefully a potential pretty good one do you ever did you ever play uh, yeah of course you did right you played at Notre Dame in your four years right uh in my yes in my five years we did play at Notre mm-hmm. Dame a couple times the results were not very good um but we had we battled in 95 that was a close game 97 was a little bit more of a blowout uh, 94, we, that was at home, yeah, so we played them, at, I played them at home in 94, 96, and 98, and on the road in 95 and 97. So yeah, there you go, so you, you have a good, any, any highlights from playing out there from you, even uh, maybe off the field? No, I didn't have, I didn't really play much out there, I got in late in the 97 game, got a chance to go out there, 95 was actually the year I redshirted, so I was just wearing the coat on the sideline, looking good for all the people in the stands, sending the signals in. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, so, last question here, uh, Scott. Minutes with you, five and five. You mentioned it briefly. Just talk about it. How much does it mean? Just get get that sixth win. At least have your bowl practices. Uh, the season extends for another month. Uh, and just how important it would be to go at least six and six, and as you said, hopefully seven and five. Yeah, if you get six, it helps your it helps your defense. That's for sure. Because you get. Uh, you get a defense, more practice reps from the young guys that have played an opportunity to do that. An extra month of practice doesn't hurt. Um, you get some young guys, especially because of the way in which you know your four, four games that you're able to play, um, you, it allows you to almost play everybody because they have four games to play with. And if some guys have only played three and they're and there's still opportunity to play in a bowl game, that's your fourth bowl you know game. That's great, and you still use you know hold a redshirt year back, which I think is. Gudazio would tell you is something that uh, a program like BC really values the ability to keep guys for five years. Because if you look at that, BC's able to redshirt some guys. You would have you would have Wyatt Ray and and Zach Allen potentially playing this year at BC. So that's something that would be a, a big help on the defensive side of the football. And you know you look at some other guys that are, that that have left, and you lose that ability to redshirt guys when they've had to play right away, but now with the rules the way they are, it really allows BC a chance to play guys, get them those four games, and then still main, you know, maintain the ability to keep them there all five years to let them grow and mature, and that allows BC a chance to, to grow as a team and to be able to develop their players, which you know, you'll see a lot of the players that come into BC aren't those five-star recruits. They're guys that need some time to develop, whether it's size, strength, and speed, um, whatever factors they are. That's what they usually 
come in and they're a little raw, they need to, you know, whether they come in as a safety and become a linebacker or a tight end, become an offensive lineman, things like that happen. So um, the ability to have those extra games and to, to prepare for that is invaluable for a program like BC. All right, Scott. First of all, keep us updated. How was your post-game meal on Saturday? And what's your bye weekend? And second, it's rare to have two bye weeks in the season. This year, the calendar works out that way. I know. Way. Well, that's, in today's college football, you're getting two bye weeks. Um, so this past bye week, um, excuse me, this past game, uh, it was a significant week. It was man weekend in the Mutron household. My wife and my daughter went to New York and did a bunch of girl stuff. They went to FAO Schwartz. Uh, they nice. did uh, the Frozen play. They did a bunch of you know, American Girl stores. So we had Guy Weekend here. Uh, my brother-in-law came up with his son, and my three sons came to the game. They were all there. Uh, after the game, we grilled some steaks. We sat and watched some football, and we talked, and we laughed, and we burped, you know, like guys do. It's just it was a real, real guy experience. <laughs> there you go. Made steaks good. on the grill, bone and ribeyes, nice three pounders uh, each side. So we slow cooked them. It was it was a real treat. Nice, nice. That's that's, that's yeah, pretty good. That's a it was good weather too. And I imagine, um, yeah, this weekend I imagine I'm going to be uh, do some stuff around the house. Hopefully, watching games, but uh, my you know get to watch my son play some uh, hockey this weekend. Is, uh, will be what I will do for the rest of the year after this season ends. Yeah. Well, you know, you hoops. Feel, and I got another one playing hoops. So. It feels like basketball hockey season now. This weather up here in the Northeast this week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, we're gonna be in the rinks or be in the gyms. No other place I'd rather be than watching the uh, my, my guys go after it on, on the courts. That's their time to shine. Why I, I don't I don't get to announce anymore. I just get to sit and be a dad. There you go. All right, Scott Mutrid joins us. Minutes with Mute. A bye week this weekend, but then Notre Dame will be geared up for uh, this time next week as well. Thanks a lot, Scott, for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.